Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS Marketing Makeover. I am very excited today to be joined by the one and only Cassidy Shield, uh, SVP of Marketing and Sales over at Narrative Science, which is now part of the Salesforce um, company. Welcome to the show, Cassidy. Garrett, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, by the way, when do, you, when do you find time to do all that art? <laughs> do you like that? Uh, yeah, man. Like, it's almost like you can see the progression as I aged um, in my yeah. complexity of my art. Um, but thanks I for have, asking. No, I have something similar going on over here for my kids. And I was like, yeah, I love it. I've actually oh. had to um, clarify with a few people I've had on our show um, that this is my kids' art and not my art. Um, so I'm glad you were able to figure that out. Oh, yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> For some people, it's not. I love that. It's like keeping you humble. You're like, yeah, you're right. I I, I do love the potential you see in my ability, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's see who we have today um, on the show. And let's see who's even – as always, for all any new listeners, I don't know who's on the wheel. Cassie doesn't know on the wheel. And we definitely know who, don't know who it's going to land on. So with that being said, uh, let's spin the wheel and let's see where it goes. course it would land on Twilio. They were like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you a tiny little company and you're going to do it in 30 minutes. So whew, you heard of them before? Oh, yeah. I, uh, okay. I saw Jeff Lawson speak about 10 years ago at a conference and it was like probably the best speech I've ever seen a CEO give. Well, that's some high praise. Hell yeah. And let's see how well that speech is maybe translating to their positioning, go-to-market strategy, and kind of what we see, obviously, on the outside. So when you dive first in and you just kind of see this, what do you think about this positioning based on what you know about Twilio? Do you feel like this is accurate to how you perceive them? Uh, no. Um, you know, I've, how I've do known, you perceive them? Yeah, you know, I've, I've known... Twilio, I know this, I know Twilio has expanded, but I think of them as enterprise APIs. They started in the communication space and kind of just revolutionized the ability to add communication to any application within your enterprise. And so now I see, I know they've expanded, they bought Segment and a few others. Um, but I feel like intelligent customer engagement platform, whatever that says, is I feel like you could see that on. 20 other companies websites yeah and that's my that's uh, my initial impression well and i wonder so let's just i guess we can play the little game there right for a second and say okay if they're creating a category do they own it right so number one result is zendesk i don't see an ad from them so i'm just going to make this i mean i this isn't a you know as always we're not trying to crap on twilio so much give them a raw honest perspective that's unfiltered of trying to evaluate yeah. it as professional marketers. And the truth is, is one moment they're communication APIs for SMS. Now this is what the hell I think they are, by the way, communication APIs for SMS, voice, video, and authentication. Yeah. Now this is what the hell they want to be, right? So this is when they do that all hands, you know, sales kickoff, we're going to be the customer engagement platform of the future. But then in my opinion, you got to capture that. In other words, you have to get yourself positioned above the fold of an ad, which you can buy tomorrow and be there. And then you got to start to earn the content story. And are they even in this list? 
I mean, I'm not even top three over here either, right? For the thing I'm supposed to be owning. And now I'm fourth. And I'm, it's like, seems like three is pretty important on trust radius. Yeah. Nothing, man. Nothing. I mean, you're losing to Zoho CRM plus, which isn't even a fit, frankly, if we're being honest <clears throat> in this category. So I do think that's an interesting thing that they should be aware of, right? If I'm working on Twilio and I, Right, it's all a game, right? You can say that, but then at the end of the day, what are other people saying about you? And are you a part of that narrative? And frankly, not really, to be honest. Yeah. Damn. What's your sense on um, when they yeah. started this transformation? Like when they started putting this up there? Get the. Yeah, that's a great question. Let me see. Let's see if we can figure that out together using maybe a little wayback machine. Yeah. Because. I don't disagree with necessarily what they're trying to be. It's more, if you want to do it, I think we are some things we got to do to pull it off. Let's see if we can. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenge and opportunity they have. They've had so much success in, to your point in communication and SMS APIs, they've expanded that. How do you then communicate that you're now more than that? Yeah. So let's see, like, I'm going to go back a little bit here. So this is, uh, let's see. Let's see. I got to go back. I can't, see that well let's see when they did it because i think it's a great question right like how long has this been going on? it takes a while to earn that market share and get that positioning right so let's kind of look maybe at this like uh, q4 kind of timeline yeah in this area see kind of end of q3 beginning of q4 see if um when this kind of transition occurred i have a feeling it's been going on for a while because it's kind of creating a platform category things not exactly new yeah see this thing this is well the branding is a hell of a lot better i got to give them props on that yeah there it is. I don't. They've had it long enough to have a couple ads going and make sure they're on the review site. And they got the MQ going and the Forester. If you're going to build a category, right? At the end of the day, that's what they're doing, right? They're trying to build the category of customer engagement platform. There's some necessary steps, in my opinion, as frankly the market leader in APIs that you probably need to do if you want to debrand yourself from being the API leader. I'd agree with that. And I think, you know, I'm kind of flipping through the rest of the site. I think we're going to get to that, but it feels yeah. kind of, um, we got down here on this reads report to the number one for customer data platforms, but we just talked about customer engagement platform right above it. I know. Is it, isn't that tough though? Cause don't you have to be the customer data platform when you buy segment? So how do you intertwine those stories in your opinion, right? As a guy who's going right into a kind of, let's just say a holding company environment, where you went from being kind of, let's say, a really focused single product Alexio to now you're part of a broader product landscape. How do you tell that story, right, cohesively is that you're the customer engagement platform and not the customer data platform, but you bought the leading CDP? You know, how, how do you tell that yeah. story in your mind? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I, I would not call it Twilio customer engagement platform if you're trying to create a category. I would focus on the conversation around the category, then things like customer data platform, which is segment, like they can, they can sit underneath that umbrella story. So I think yeah. the thing that I would reevaluate here is if we're trying, if you're trying to build something around intelligent customer engagement at scale, this customer engagement notion is the category you're trying to design or create. I wouldn't name the thing that I'm doing in the portfolio. The same thing as that when I have multiple things in the portfolio. Yeah, because you are right, right? So, I mean, like when you look at it, right, we've got this is what they're trying to make their positioning, yet they marginalize it right here. Because 
customer engagement and customer data are not actually the same thing. Like what segment does versus what Twilio do are not exactly the same, right? I mean, unless I'm somehow missing something, I I would I wouldn't. They're not the same. They're, they're not I the think same. they're part of a broader ecosystem, but they're definitely not like a one to one thing, right? Correct. And you know, if you think about, if I remember the way Twilio came up, it was um, kind of a relentless focus on the de de the developers, the doers that people making things happen in your organization. And so what they're doing, obviously with segment acquisition is they're creating a lot, a broader swath of what you can bring to that developer community in-house with APIs, which is a great strategy, obviously very yeah. successful. However, a lot of the messaging has gone away from like that target audience. It's like, I mean, I would say most developers probably don't resonate. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm almost, yeah, I'm a thousand percent. This isn't, it's like, this was literally my next point is we've got the underscore here, like we're talking to devs and then we have the most surface level marketing level communication right yeah. here that a dev isn't going to respect. I mean, just look at one of the reasons they bought segment because segment does such a good job, frankly, of speaking to developers. Like I'm a segment customer and I can't use segment myself. I have to have developers do it. And this is how you talk to developers. And you're right. It's a very, like they show that they're for developers when you have developers in your menu and usually you have documentation somewhere <laughs> up here as well, right? And you have world-class docs. And I'm just curious what you think about this because like, look at this product roadmap, man. Cloud contact center, email marketing, customer service management, let's say. Two-factor authentication with Authy. And then Segment, which is historically a marketing platform for CDPs, how, how would you recategorize these? Because they're five disparate applications, in my opinion. How do you tie these all together in a bundle that isn't customer engagement? Because I don't think it, these, if you just name these five products out loud, I wouldn't say, you know what, the, these five all have in common? Customer engagement. Yeah. So what would you label instead? How do you go about this? Because this is one of the most complicated ones I've actually seen because the product roadmap seems so disparate. Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, this isn't easy. I mean, I would not pay to be the CMO right now of trying to tell <laughs> Twitter a story, right? I mean, like if we're being honest, this isn't easy. It's not easy. I'm giving them massive props because that's a hard story. So let's say maybe we can't tie the products into one story. How do we tie it into a solutions then? Let's see how they're doing that. So they have solutions for marketing, operations, customer service. So that's how I think they get to that customer engagement positioning, if that makes sense. You're, you know, I want to, I want to take a shot at this product thing. I think. Okay. Let's do it, baby. Um, I don't think the, the way they've segmented here is, I mean, I probably, <clears throat> I would say not bad. However, if you want to be talking about customer engagement, I would try to put it in the context, you know, let's pick your classic three pillars. Yeah. I would try to be articulating what does it need to engage? What do you need to engage the customer? And so is there a better name for channel? Um, is there a better name when we say connectivity? Is there a better name when we think application? Because what you're really trying to get the developer to understand is if I'm building an application to engage a customer, there's three things that I need to be thinking about. And we have all the products to make that happen for you. 
if that makes and they don't sense. visualize it like this. And that's why I want to show this because this is what Gong and a lot of the other players do right. who are trying to become a platform, <clears throat> trying to expand in new areas. They're visualizing the story and see how it's coming to life. And I can imagine Gong adding value to me. Yes. I don't think Twilio does that here. I think that's – okay, they're trying to, it looks like, right here. But I can't visualize this. There's no interconnectivity of a visualization – Right here. You know who also does this? Who has a very difficult job, but I think their product's a little bit more, frankly, aligned in their acquisition strategy? Workday. Because they also have to tell the story of this. Finance, HR, planning, analytics, working together as one to help you with these things. A solution perfectly organized. And I can start to get the story. I want to see that from Twilio. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Because they're like, transform your customer experience, but then CDPs don't fit into customer experience necessarily like that. They help, but it's part of it. So you got to show me how the CDP helps me with my SMS, which then powers my email, which then changes my customer. Like, I got to feel it. I don't know if they make me feel it here. But like you said, that's a difficult, uh, this isn't for the faint of heart with this portfolio. No, it's not. I mean, it's a hell of an exercise of top-level thinking and original thought. Now, this is sexy. I got to give it to him. So, like, this is a nice – with Twilio, you can build, and you start to tell me the story. Now, I would imagine a big mistake here, though, is what I call the one question, which is you have a multi-fragmented platform in Twilio that has a unique use case to multiple personas, yet you don't allow me to pre-select what my trial experience is by selecting what of these use cases – I'm interested in. So I don't know how you, it seems like you're gonna have a poor activation rate on your trial. If you don't create an experience in Twilio that matches my need, given how fragmented your product offering is. Does that make sense? Yeah. What are you, are you worried about understanding that it going in or that the developer won't know where to start? All Meaning- of it. Like it feels like it's a pick your own adventure, but you could go into two different continents, three different continents. And so I think like, okay, I'm an SDR, right? I need to activate uh, Susan Calhoun who just signed up on her trial. What message do I send? Like, so I had this problem with my LMS Institute, right? And so let's say someone signs up for e-learning on digital marketing. Are they a student, business owner, VP of marketing, agency owner? Well, I want to make sure that very first email, that first like message, maybe the course or lesson you start on is tailored to who you are. And when I did that, I got my trial activation rate, people from trial to purchase without any CS support Mm -hmm. to skyrocket because I was able to tailor their entire user journey. I would wonder how I could tailor a user journey of such a broad product suite if I don't get that first. So so what I'm wondering is what, what happens behind this. And so what I mean by that is if you're a developer, I assume this trial is you're dropping me into some kind of dev environment where I have code snippets, I have documentation on APIs, I have how-to guides, um, but I don't know that for sure. Um, so it's kind of almost like self-selection once you get in there, you dropped into kind of a advanced environment built for developers. It's be 16 or more characters? No one's ever gonna get hacked here. <laughs> I don't have a password that's for that. All right, I will have to look at this at all. I'll just use this one though, maybe. Oh, no, the suggested password is all right. All right, well, I can't even get... 
16 character passwords crazy Twilio. I just want y'all to know that. You're, <laughs> nobody has a thing like a, in the back of their brain. You're like, I'm going to use my 16 character password. Well, you know you're in a big company when you have uh, passwords that are not strong. All right. Let's uh, let's dive into one of the product pages itself. Like let's say uh, Twilio right. Frontline. Do you tell people it's beta in your opinion or yes or no? Which one did you jump into? Twilio Frontline? Yeah, would you make would you say beta or because I mean I essentially I am on a page on their website that I was able to click on, but now they're marginalizing the value of the product by calling it beta. In my opinion, what do you think about that? I don't have a I don't have a huge issue with it. Um, okay. I don't have a huge issue with it. I would say though, maybe in the context of us being still very broad and, and a lot of this is still educational purposes that maybe that beta doesn't need to show up until, um, in app or something, until like you know, in app or post yeah. post trial request, et cetera. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Like just that we saw that together because I don't know. To my opinion, what do you think? I, I assume you have a issue. You're, you don't like it. I don't love it. No, I think there's a ton of psychological friction when you use the word beta on a landing page. You it literally imply that whatever we're charging you for this product, it's not quite <laughs> worth it yet. What do you think about like these are just small things, but also like the term beta is like in red at the top. So does that just be like, oh, beta, red? stop yeah like, i just can't i don't know about the answer. color but i can't miss it when it is red and it pops like this and immediately yeah. before i even go further on the page i think well this product's not quite ready yet for me like imagine you're okay so imagine like right now okay um you are the um director of sales ops at an enterprise company and you need to figure out an application to securely connect with customers everywhere are you going to put a recommendation in front of the svp that you should use a product that's still in beta. It's not gonna make, I mean, it's not a ton of CYA there for the way enterprise organizations buy products. That's why I'm, if you're Twilio and you're not selling SMBs, I don't know if you wanna use beta in your language or if you don't even put it on your website until it's ready because to me, you have more to lose than the gain with product innovation when you already own the API space. What, that's like, I, I'd agree yeah. with that. Where do you think you would put it if it wasn't? At that point in time, would you then do it further down go in the, the journey? I'd go into the, oh, like for the beta itself. Yeah. I, I don't have beta. I don't think Twilio can have beta. I think it's uh that's like a, like the, it's like when very good point. Yeah. fast and breaking things. I just don't think you can be enterprise and be beta at the same time. I don't have time. You know? That's like where my head gets stuck. I just think like beta, beta is hard for selling very large contracts in my opinion. I would agree with that. I would agree. So I don't know. That's where my initial head goes. Let's check um, developers where they live and breathe. Let's, I love when I get to see like, I feel like documentation, how, how good your docs are means how good you are at, um, and notice see there's no frontline docs. Remember how we were, what we were talking about earlier? Where's front? See how like this is what's so interesting. Not all their products are integrated to the docs with the same naming conventions. So like, what's the yeah. documentation for Frontline? The page I was just looking at. If you're a developer who you're selling, it's not there. 
This is the stuff that gets me. See, this is the parts of the strategy that's so hard when you're as fragmented as they are. Because I mean, this is the docs you live and die for. Yeah, this is right. what you, this is what I would think of. Yeah. I mean, this is the holy grail. This is amazing. Now the question is, I just wouldn't release the product till I had this level of integration. Because if you're the whole point of being a platform is that they all work together. So the question the engineer is going to have, who already is running three of your products before they get the fourth and the fifth. It's how do I integrate it? And then if you don't have documentation on integration, I feel like you might run into this. Oh, here it is. See, new. I'm good with new. See how they use new? Which is I I I am I'm, I'm definitely okay with new. And now I'm just confused why it's beta somewhere else in the website. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I wish they had the sexy documentation. I know it's new, obviously. But look at the documentation compared to their cornerstone products. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting conundrum if you're them because you only have so much bandwidth and availability at the product marketing and like dev marketing level. But well, all right, let's look pricing because I think, in my opinion, pricing is pretty important. <laughs> and I'm curious how you do pricing across so many different applications with so many use cases. I mean, if you thought doing your product marketing was hard, imagine trying to do your pricing. So we get here, we got pay-as-you-go, volume discounts, and committed use discounts. They're really going on hard on the discounting. What's your take on that? I haven't actually seen any. I mean, I've looked at thousands of pricing pages at this point now in my kind of SaaS marketing career. I don't think I've ever seen someone harp on discounts before. What do you think that is? Do devs love discounts? Do you like this? What's your perspective? I don't I don't necessarily have a bad opinion on it. I'm just curious what you think. I'm with you. I haven't seen it before, but I also haven't studied a lot of pricing positioning to dev users. So maybe this is how they think about it in that it's, it is an API call. So the more I'm, I'm hitting the API, I need to understand that discount. I need to build that into my engineering plan, my, my cost plan. I don't know. Well, yeah. So we did everything for Sumo Logic pre-IPO. We do stuff for New Relic. I mean, we work with all the biggest kind of DevOps type companies in the world, to be honest. And I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the word discount. And I'm on patents. Oh, there it is. Do you offer volume discount? Yes, available program. Do you have discounts for stuff? Yeah, so they do have some language here, for example, on New Relic, but they definitely bury it. Well, what's interesting about Twilio is, I mean, frankly, they lead with it. I mean, it's the that was the first step in the story before I even got to know how much it costs. They're telling me it could be cheaper. I mean, you know, a few things go through my head when I see that. One is everybody thinks that already when you're looking at pricing. Um, so maybe I don't need it. But on the other hand, I mean – what the hell? Maybe put it right out there. Why not? Yeah, maybe they're maybe one of their strategies at Twilio is they do better discounting than anyone else. Yeah. And that's what keeps them aggressive, especially in the kind of API pull cost type world, right? Where it's, you know, 0. 0.0085 a minute. Yeah, I mean, if you try to think about it in terms of like a level of transparency, then maybe yeah. into your point, it's a strength. You call it out. I don't know. I'm worth the. I know. I haven't seen it. I love where you're. Yeah. And then 
in your mind, pricing, I can scroll, like, right? Let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, how? <laughs> well, see what I mean? Like, okay, so let me show you someone who does this so well, who they do technically complete with. So Genesis also is kind of, you know, doing some of this and then you can design your solution with Genesis. And I've shown this, I think even last week I showed this just because it's just the best example, frankly, where I can actually design all these fragmented products into a quote and actually know how much something costs. And I can do a lot of different ways like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's wow. That's really good. Twilio, my point being is I wish I could design my quote yeah. so I just knew before I had to go to my boss if this hits our budget. They're making me do a lot of work <clears throat> before I can really – you know what I'm saying? Like I want to just get an idea of like does this hit my kind of RFP, my scope, my marching orders. I don't yeah, know how you the heck determine that. Yeah, the scene uh, – well, it looks like you're probably breaking out a spreadsheet and doing the math yourself. Um, how many calls, what's the price, add up your APIs. Now I got to call though, three other people internally to figure out if we need the storage feature or not though. What about transcription? Can we do it without the conference calls? We already got Zoom. Do we need it for that? I mean, by the time I was done, it might take me personally 25 hours to feel comfortable with, with the quote I'd have to put to finance or my boss. I feel like this is a huge psychological friction in buying Twilio. Yeah, I would agree. Why do you think they wouldn't do that? I mean, I, I got to believe this has been a conversation. You've seen the Genesis example. I think that's a great idea. You can put a calculator there. You can do something basic. Why do you, why do you think? I don't know. What's, their, what's Twilio's number one competitor in your mind? My guess is it's probably AWS. I'm not sure though. Do they do the SMS messaging and all that? <clears throat> I, I'm just trying to think like where, whatever, what other tools am I using to build in an enterprise setting? Yeah. Let's see. So communication platform as a service. See, that actually is not a bad way of or that's a better positioning. Well, I think this is what it was before see you that. had before you bought segment. And so when you bought segment, you had to figure out how do I what's my new position that encompasses the entire company. Yeah. So if you go in here in this category, we got Mitel. So let's just look at Mitel. Let's see if Mitel has a better way of articulating price. Because in in I mean in Twilio's defense, it's freaking brutal. Right. But at the same time, let's, you know, they have, and they're a little bit more focused. It looks like, frankly, you know, they have a phone system and you can get pricing on a phone system. Okay. That's way easier. But this is what someone's gotten to the point at this point, right? That they're expecting compared to Twilio, which is all API driven usage based pricing. I have no idea how the heck I would get a quote and feel comfortable putting this in front of my boss. Well, I mean, I think the, the, the benefit is like they are breaking down the the raw costs, right? So as an engineer, you're probably, you've done the math. I have to make a million API calls. I'm hitting yep. this API. What's that going to cost me? Just tell me. It's, you know, it's probably pretty straightforward for the product yep. manager slash engineer to build that out. But to your point, like you have to build it out on your own. You can't do it with any tool that, to me yeah exactly yeah it would be really cool if you could kind of just do a little bit of your choose your own adventure maybe you know yeah. kind of like uh <laughs> this was shown um 
even let's see what their request to quote feature is because they give you four different ways to buy from them, which I always thought was so impressive. And then it's like get a personalized quote because I think you could easily get people to a quote, but they're getting them to a trial. That's kind of my point with this. It's a very interesting moment, right? So you're st- you're trying to figure out, okay, can I afford it? What's this going to cost me? And you get to the see details moment. So now they do let you talk to sales. There it is. See this primary product interest? This is what I was talking about earlier. So they're doing this really well on the sales side because they got to connect you to the right rep, the right SDR, the right AE, the right subject matter expert. Huh. I like this. It just seems like they're trying to go away from that. And they're trying to do all self-onboarding, but with what, complex based pricing. What was that journey before you got to that point? Because it seems like you're going through this journey and you're like – this would be a great place to almost be like, what are you trying to do before talk to sales? I'm trying to build a, I'm looking for SMS messaging. Here's how you then do that. I'm looking at building a communications app. We recommend these three things. Here's a price. Right. So you're looking at Twilio messaging and you say, okay, sweet. Do we have any pricing here? Okay. Dope. We have some pricing. All right. I mostly want SMS. So I go here. And I say, okay, there are some volume discounts. I like to hear that. That gives me confidence. Committed use discounts. Okay, I'm excited about that. And then you hit me with a five-column layout without any vertical lines, and my brain breaks because I can't read this. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Like I genuinely can't read it because uh, there's no vertical lines. Like where does – is to send underneath text messages or picture messages right now, for example? Mm-hmm. And then that's, see this button right here? This is the talk to sales button. Get a quote today, right here. Well, I guess my point is like, do you, you know, why talk to sales? Why just build your quote right there? Well, it depends who's buying. Cause I'm an idiot, right? I'm a C-level buyer. I'm stupid as hell. I need someone to hold my hand. Yeah, but but maybe I'm a developer and I'm smart and I'm empowered and I can design it myself and I don't want to talk to anybody. To that point, I think you're totally right. And I'm, you might want to have a little choose your own adventure, right? Yeah. I design mean, a quote, get a quote designed for you. Because yeah. I think you have two different buyers, right? I have a lot of people on my team that would love to make their own quote. And I have just as many who would love for someone else to make it for them. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the stereotype as an engineer is you don't want to talk to a salesperson. Yes. I mean, but you also really, none of us really want to talk to a salesperson, but um, if you know what you're doing, you don't have to. And most engineers know what they're doing. Yeah, but how smart would you have to be to try to calculate the difference by carrier, for example? It's pretty nuanced. Yeah. There's not like a simple, like, is different yeah. message pricing for T-Mobile versus non-T-Mobile, which to look, T-Mobile has messages receipt costs while AT&T and Verizon don't. And then U.S. Cellular doesn't have any fees, but you might be on Verizon, but AT&T. And then is it even cheaper to switch from Verizon to AT&T if you're going to have this much usage? I mean, I feel like this is a lot of hand-holding. Well, it depends what you're doing, too, because if you're if you're building an application with this embedded, you may not control the the network that application is running on. So now you're you're figuring out, well, I think 5% of my traffic is U.S. Cellular, and therefore i got to pay X and – 15% of my traffic is AT&T and I got to pay Y. It means. No, this is 10 times harder than any pricing I've ever seen in my entire career. Yeah. Actually, I'm completely flabbergasted. I've never seen a pricing page like this. 
I mean, I guess I I still come back to like design wise. I, you know, I'll defer to you. I think you're right. But like, at least there's a level of transparency here where it's like, listen, we're just going to give you all the information, (laughs) kind of figure it out for yourself. (laughs) I know. I'm just like, man, how the heck would I, I'm just so, my point here is if I'm in the digital marketing team and I'm trying to drive pipeline, I am so stinking overwhelmed right now with the concept of even trying to like buy this product. So that's like, I do like this. It's like only pay for what you use. Don't get stalled by contracts, capacity planning and price modeling. They do such a good job, but they really, they stop helping me right here. And I think you're totally spot on. They, They need to have something like Genesis has where I can design my own solution and get me a price where I put in my volume by carrier Right, because you could design that. You could do volume by carrier, volume by product type, and it could give you an approximation quote. I do think that's doable. That's for definitely them. doable. Yeah, here's here's our projected mix. It does the calculation for you. You can double click on that if you want to see the math or not. Um, but yeah, that. It's crazy. The be- the this benefit of this structure of pricing is that it should be a fairly straightforward experience to create. I would guess. Yeah, I would too. Okay. I'm so sorry, narrative science. Cassidy. He's now the tool. He's the CMO of Twilio. Um, and he's got That's three fun. big things he wants to change at Twilio. He's an impact player. He's been there for a quarter. He's figured some stuff out. And now he's ready to make changes. So Cassidy, what are the three changes you want to make? at Twilio based on obviously your long experience with them, all the deep insight you have behind the scenes um, <laughs> in this 30 minute look at their website session. Uh, so well, what, what are the kind of, what are the big things you want to do? Let's see. First thing is we got to get serious about category design. Uh, we got to rethink that messaging. It's confusing when we're talking about what's a platform or the tech versus what the positioning we're going to take. So we need to kind of get that clear. We need that to flow through the site. So what I mean by that is we need to see that on the homepage. We need to be able to see that in terms of how do you decompose the product portfolio when we saw oh, that. So that makes like sense. Gone visualization of the workday one. visualization. Or... Obviously, you got to do some marketing offsite to kind of build your profile in that category. Yeah. So that's one. Two is I think we're unclear of who we're talking to in a lot of the site between am I, am I trying to woo an executive to bring them in to say, I need to work with Twilio, even though I don't know what Twilio is doing, or am I going after the developer, which has always been my bread and butter. It's a little unclear here. We see a lot of marketing speak versus kind of direct speak, which you would expect to see if you're going after a a developer audience. And I think third, which we spent some time on is we got to, rethink the pricing, be a little bit more helpful. It's great that it's transparent, but can we provide some tools for a developer or whomever the audience is to kind of do some scenario planning, um, quote building, et cetera, before I talk to a salesperson? What'd I miss? You got, you're higher, Cassie. I mean, if we do three things, genuinely, Totolio, thank you for being our muse. Um, you as a marketing team have genuinely, I've done more than a couple episodes of this. That is the most difficult job description I've ever seen. Um, and you all are doing a great job. It, there is nothing easy about what you're trying to do. Um, hopefully this today helps, gives you some ideas, some areas to start or focus on. And hopefully maybe even it fits in your existing roadmap. But uh, thank you, Twilio, for being our muse. Cassidy, 
thank you for being on the show. I think those insights were genuinely insightful, I guess is the word we'll use today. And um, everyone else, uh, make sure to subscribe. Uh, tune in every week on Tuesday for SaaS Marketing Makeover. So thank you, everybody, and uh, have a great day.